Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast with one subtle difference. The guy that runs the football podcast isn't here. Now then, I know what you're thinking. Can you lot manage to get through the football podcast without the guy that runs the football podcast? Stay tuned to find out. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop a review. Leave a five-star review wherever you can leave a review and we will love you for it. Share the podcast around. If you've got a football fan in your life, send this to them. You never know, they might appreciate it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Hello. Uh, you may be thinking, uh, is this the wrestling podcast? If Stu's talking first, and he's got wrestling belts behind him, and he's got a wrestling t-shirt on. Uh, no, no, it's not. Uh, we are back once again for some football action, but we are without the main man, the the main presenter, if you like, of the football podcast. Mr. Paul Williams, as uh, he had a very life-changing event this weekend, which I, I don't know if we're at liberty to discuss. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, we'll we'll let we'll let Paul maybe. Paul, back Pauline will be back next week. He will, as long as the recovery goes well, right? Yeah, yeah cool. But yeah, he has been good enough to uh, to send me some uh, predictions through. Of course, I've got all of the results and stuff from last week. So, I am joined by Mr. Andy Cook. Hello, sir. Hello. And Mr. Matthew Moore. Hello. Hello. So, three of the four wheels are here to take you through this week's football podcast. Now, uh, we might as well get stuck straight in, because we've got quite a lot of uh, predictions and results to get through, given that we've just gone past Easter weekend. Uh, so, we will start in the northeast, where Sunderland took on Hull City. Now, myself and Mr Moore were privy to watching this live, not in the ground, but in the pub, because it was live on Sky Sports. And everybody, I believe, was expecting a reasonably tight game. Yeah, so the final score was 4-all. Exactly. So, wow. if you're not on YouTube... Get yourself over just for Andy's reaction then, because he maybe not seen that. But yeah, four all was the final score. Wow! And it was a really, really bizarre game. So Hull went one nil up, and um, on eleven minutes, two fan, decent finish. A little bit like odd, really, because it just City were looking good, and then fell apart within uh, what another maybe ten minutes after that. Letting in two goals within the space of 60 seconds of gameplay. Uh, so Geldart scored on 21 and then Diallo scored for Sunderland on 22 to put them 2-1 up. Not letting the game settle down straight away. Um, Ali Arsai-Manesh went and banged in an equaliser on uh, 25 minutes. And then it settled down a bit finally. It was frantic. Um, the good news is that City obviously didn't give, give up, went in level at the break, so I was 
quite happy and probably the best part of three pints deep at this point. So, um, very enjoyable half of football, aside from the fact that we couldn't defend for uh, those two minutes. Uh, second half, pretty much the same. Again, really, really odd. Um, City went 3-2 up on 66 minutes with a Regan Slater goal. It's just bullying his way through, basically. He managed to, well, the uh, Sunderland defender thought he was going to try and let it out for a goal kick and uh, Slater had the pace to get round him and bang it in from a really tight angle. Um, but then much the same as the first half went. Of course, Sunderland had to equalise, but this time it was a penalty in the 73rd minute. Uh, for Diallo, not. Uh, I mean, I I remember saying to Mister Morton Weekend, I'll definitely watch this penalty incident. Yes, yeah, still haven't seen it, so Matt might have to uh, Matt might have to uh, sort of partake in the claims for the validity of the penalty. But from from what we saw on the day, Matt wasn't too convinced. I thought it was a really soft penalty. I there was pushing and shoving from both players, and then it looked like. I don't know if the Sunderland player tripped over the ball or just decided to do the good old trick that seems to be at the moment is just lift both your feet up like a toddler throwing themselves to the ground kind of thing. It, seemed, it, was, it had kind of that kind of vibes to it and, and the ref gave it. Um, mm. Yeah, it seemed a really, really soft penalty. It wasn't, the, the, you know, and I know that's not really the rule anymore, but in the past, obviously, he wasn't going anywhere either. It was kind of like, you know, so maybe yeah, the defender should have shouldn't have bothered. You know, but it was a tussle. Yeah, and the guy just seemed to just lift his legs up, which seems to be the standard. There didn't seem to be any. There was definitely no contact from waist below. Like there's no kind of tackle put in. There's no legs kind of thing. It just seemed to be there's arms on me. I'm going to throw myself to the ground. The only way it could have been more farcical is if they both did it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I found it, it. It's a penalty that you see given. It's a penalty that you see not given. It's a 50-50 one, and it depends on what kind of referee you've got that day. Um, well, yeah, officially on the uh, on the report, it went down as um, Alfie Jones tackle on Clark for their penalty. Um, so not not too sure, really. I mean. They'd have been better off doing rock, paper, scissors for it by the sounds of it. But um yeah. but yeah, unfortunately Diallo did step up and, and smack that one away. Um and then on the eighty first minute, Clark, the guy who won the penalty, actually scored to put Sunderland four three ahead. And I was pretty much resigned to the fact that that was it. Scored three goals away from home and we're getting nothing for it. But that wasn't to be. Uh Slater was in receipt of the ball from, I think it was Ebby always cross into the, onto the edge of the box. And Equith went to tackle him and Slater just, just hopped the ball over the top of his foot. And much as Matt said, I think he tried to lift both of his feet up, but even failed at that and just got booted. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he tried, and, but then actually got fouled. Kind of yeah. <laughs> this, was a, this was a penalty. Um yeah, and if he tried to if he tried to work it, he didn't work it very well. But he got the result he wanted anyway. But yeah. perhaps got a slight bruise. <laughs> well, two fans stepped up, so he, he'd opened the scoring for the game, and then thankfully for Hulk closed the scoring for the game to make it four all. 
Um, and that was actually the very, very last kick of the game was the penalty. So it was, uh, it was, it was pretty non-stop from start to finish. Now, how does that lend to our points? Well, uh, Paul had 1-0, so uh, no points there. But he did have Diallo as the scorer, or A scorer. Um, Matt, you had 1-1. And you'd picked Slater out of the goal scorers. So there's two points there. I also had 1-1. Wasn't confident confident enough to pick one of my own correct goal scorers. But did pick one for Sunderland in Diallo. So that was two points for me. And Andy had picked 1-1 on the scoreline as well. So another draw sees everybody take a minimum of one point from that game. So one point for Andy. Uh, so after game one... Myself and Matt on two, Paul and Andy on one. Now then, we moved straight into uh, an eight o'clock kickoff, straight after the whole game had finished, which was Middlesbrough at home to league leaders and newly promoted Burnley. Now, um, again, we were in the pub for this. Couldn't really tell you what happened because I was too busy yapping and I'd had a few beers at this point. So I do remember from the, the Barnes scored early doors on 12 minutes for Burnley, uh, much to the chagrin of Mr Williams himself, who had joined us by this point. Um, and not really much happening then until half-time, from, from, what I, from what I can remember. I don't know if you could fill us in any more, Matt. No, I think, yeah, I think at that point we were he was watching, but also talking. And did we, we left at half-time, didn't we? Just after, I think, because I think we'd seen the yeah. penalty, which, we, which spoiler, there was a spoiler. Um, Akpom managed to tuck away a penalty for Middlesbrough on 48 minutes to level the scoring. However, Burnley did get a winner in the 66th minute as Roberts put one past the Middlesbrough keeper. So, a Burnley 2-1 win, not great for Middlesbrough. Maybe better for our point scoring, perhaps, you might ask. Well, Paul had picked his own team for a 1-1 draw. Uh, he did pick Akapom to score. So that's one point for Paul. Um, myself and Matt both picked the correct scoreline as Middlesbrough 1, Burnley 2. Matt had picked Akpom out as well, giving him three points. I had also picked Akpom out. And Barnes, so that gives me four points from this game. Andy was on one point from the previous game, and it's still on one point from uh, the collective score from this game as he picked 1 0 Middlesbrough to win. So obviously, uh, he hadn't, in a, on a rare occasion, picked Akpom either. So it was, uh, it was unfortunate. So after two games, uh, Andy on one point, Paul on two. Matt on five, and myself just sneaking a one-point lead with six points. So yeah, we've so we have, it feels like there was a load of games last week, um, which is nothing to do with the fact as to why Paul's away this week. Um, it's just that he, he, he... Did he put his holiday form into you before I left, Andy? Yes, but I, I... I mean, I keep saying I do need like a month minimum, and he put it in like the week before. So I didn't I didn't get all the finer details sorted before today, basically. Mm, um, take so out, take it out of his wages. Well, I was just about to say, short version is he's not getting paid for today. So. Oh, oh, 
I'm sure he'll be gutted when he listens to this. Um, so we'll move on to game three then from last week's predictions. And that game took us to Villa Park to see Aston Villa take on Nottingham Forest. Mr Moore, how was it? As expected. Um, from reading the reports, I mean, I didn't, you know, I've not seen highlights or anything like that. But from reading reports, Forest set up in a three... A five-three-two or a five or three-five. They played three at the back with wing backs um, in the short and long of it. Um, I think that's probably something that Cooper's probably wanted to do more all season. Um, and apparently, and apparently, it was working very, very well uh, until ha, star of the Christmas, the winter, January window signing, John Joe Shelby has done. What he appears to have done solidly for um, Forrest since he signed for them, which was give the ball to the other team and uh, let them score. Uh, so, yeah, 1-0 uh, to Traore. 1-0, um, uh, goal by Traore, 1-0 to Villa. Um, but then apparently the reaction from Forrest was, wasn't, was quite good as well. Um, Unfortunately, obviously, chasing the game uh, towards the end of the game. Um, Nia Kete also went off injured towards the end of the game, apparently a hamstring injury. So, for the last few minutes, they were playing with 10 men. Uh, and obviously, as they were chasing, trying to chase an equaliser, um, Ollie Watkins hit Forrest on the break to make it 2 0. So, I kind of, I think, kind of reading the reports. Again, it's which rich reports do you read? Some of the reports suggest not that bad, still a defeat, but a bit more kind of a bit more in there. Uh, probably a lot of people say two nil was the right score because Villa kind of had a quite good, good strong strong hold on the on the game, but actually without Niakete going off. Um, and Forrest having to chase the game with ten men, um, it might you know it might have been better, um, but still, rumours of Steve Cooper being sacked, blah 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 blah, pointless, pointless, pointless. Oh look, they spent two hundred million, all that horseshit. Um, but yeah, you know, and now we're in the relegation zone. So I forgot about that one because Fulham can't beat Bournemouth apparently. So yeah, marvellous. It's going to be the, the second successive season where Bournemouth do something to piss Forest fans off for the like from January through to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean it's, it's genuinely infuriating because they look like a team that didn't bother trying to stay in the Premier League. They didn't, buy, you know, I know it's not all about buying everybody because look at Forest, we bought players and it's not really made that much of a difference. But they've not bought anybody. <laughs> They don't, you know, they've got Gary Gary O'Neill as their manager and stuff like that, and you kind of think, and they're going to shit house their way to staying in the Premier League because Leicester Leicester have employed Dean Smith as a manager. Southampton, after the initial bump of sacking Nathan Jones, has not that that seems to have worn off with their guy, and Forrest have got a terrible run in. Really, unless unless something shocking happens um, over the next 
eight games. Um, they're somehow the, the the three that are in there at the moment would probably be my pick to go down, and that unfortunately includes Forest. It's still ridiculously tight though, as well, isn't it? Like the like it has the potential to go right down to the wire, like all the way. Oh from, yeah, it's. I know, like he. <laughs> Don't want to be too optimistic because if you've heard us before, you'll know how we roll by now. But like, I've I've been in that position with City, and it been down to the last day and stayed. And we, I think we ended up staying up on goal difference, and it's it's not fun. But it's interesting. But it's not fun. Oh God! If it goes down to the last day, then someone will have to peel me off the floor, kind of thing. Because <laughs> I, I can't do another. Yeah, it's like last day of the season last year. Last day of the season this year. You need a new uh, new hallway carpet from uh, wearing it out from walking up and down the whole time. Oh, I know. <laughs> right then, well, not great news for Forrest, but was it good news for the scoring? Uh, well, in many aspects, yes. Um, however, not for Andy, who picked up one point again this time, just the one point for Watkins scoring, but his 1-1 scoreline. Uh, optimism doing him no favours again this week. However, myself, myself, Matt and Paul had all picked 2-0 Villa. So two points apiece there. And everybody, it seems, picked Watkins this week. So Paul, Matt and myself picking up three points each in total from that game. Uh, So points for the week sees Andy on two, Paul on five, Matt on eight, and myself still just holding on with one point on nine. Uh, which took us to our last game of the Easter festivities. There's another... Um, oh, the last game, actually. No, that's a lie. Second to last game. Um, which took us to the MKM Stadium. Hull were at home to Millwall. And it seems that Traore, having popped one in for Villa on Sunday, uh, made a nice little trip up to uh, to Hull and popped... Oh, no, it's, it's definitely a different guy. Uh, popped one in for Hull on 70 Minutes... Uh, Millwall are now without a win in four and absolutely clinging on for playoffs. If anything is right in this world, please don't let Millwall get in the playoffs because nobody needs to see that. Uh, they they did, however, hit the bar in the first half and definitely were on top against Hull. Uh, Liam Rossinia, not shy of making a bold change and it's almost becoming a bit of a calling card, spotted that things weren't working and made three substitutions at half-time. Um, Elder, Longman and Traore all coming on. And obviously the last one was the uh, the game-winning decision, I guess, as he bagged his first goal for the club with a nice finish to the bottom left-hand corner. So, Paul had picked 1-1, no points. I'd picked Hull to lose 1-0, so I got the score the wrong way around. No points. Matt had picked 1-1. Unfortunately, no goal scorer, so no points. However, the guy who's uh, been bringing up the rear so far decides to leave it to the penultimate game to start turning it on and had predicted a 1-0 Hull win. Unfortunately, didn't get the goal scorer, but does net himself two points. Is the comeback on? Um, I mean, I... You do need at least at least five points from the last game, Andy, to draw a level. Fine. Uh, but yeah, Fine, I'm not worried. <laughs> After the penultimate uh, penultimate game of the predictions, Andy's on four, Paul's on five, Matt is on eight, 
and I'm still hanging on with nine. So, last game, definitely last game this time as well, of the Easter period. Uh, trip down to Ashton Gate, I believe, Bristol City, taking on Middlesbrough. I finished 2-2. So another high-scoring draw for one of our sides this week. Um, there was a goal in injury time in the first half. Bell scored for Bristol right at the end of the half uh, to make that uh, 1-0 to Bristol. However, things did get slightly worse after the break and Cornick scored for Bristol as well to make it 2-0. To all intents and purposes, I wondered where this was going um, when I was sort of following the results coming through. However, much like Hull on Friday night, Borough didn't give it up. Ramsey scored on 58 minutes. And then Crooks, the now lesser spotted Crooks goal, um, going in on 64 minutes to make it 2-2. Uh, so, points-wise, Paul had picked Borough to win 2-0. Didn't really work out, did it? But Ramsey did score for him, so that's one point for Paul. I picked a one-all draw, so that's a point for the uh, result. Matt had picked Borough to win 2-1, but also had picked Ramsey, uh, so nets himself a point. Now, the big one, could Andy catch us up? No. Uh, he predicted Middlesbrough to win 2-0, so he did get the right amount of goals for the Borough, just the wrong amount of goals for Bristol, and unfortunately didn't get the goal scorer either, because two people other than Akpom and Archer decided to pull their finger out of their ass this week, apparently. Uh, so the final scores for the week, Andy on four, Paul on six, Matt on nine, and myself on ten points. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we have actually worked out why Paul wins when he wins, because he does the book. I did the book this week. <laughs> Turns out them's the rules. If you want to check all the scores, obviously feel free to go back and listen to last week's um, and, and check it all out. But it is legit. And now I will, I will no longer be able to say anything to Paul when he uh, definitely does not cheat his way through it. So that's it. So that was the, the results of last week's predictions. Now, before we get into the predictions for week 35, um, there, I, I definitely have some injury news from Hull. Uh, so Hull are definitely unlikely to have Oscar or Connolly um, for the weekend. So Oscar is Oscar Estepinian. Connolly is Aaron Connolly. Um, Oscar has been out with a bit of an ankle injury. Um, it's not really been sort of talked about too much. I know it, it, if you remember we talked about it had had an injection for some discomfort previously. Well as the weeks go on they're now sort of localising at least where the injury is. Turns out it's his ankle. Uh, Connolly is still recovering from his stubbed toe um, slash potentially broken toe from... I don't, I don't know what that's from. I'm not sure if he just got up for a piss in the middle of the night to be honest. But more importantly who am I supposed to pick for goal scorers now? <laughs> Well, the good because. news is, after he went off on Monday with a dead leg, <laughs> Ryan Longman is set to make a return this weekend. So you, and, you do have one of the old guard there. And quite honestly, I can't imagine my scoring this week will reflect that in any way, shape or form. <laughs> well, 
Well, we will have to wait at least one game to find out, um, as we will start proceedings at Middlesbrough this week. Um, did we want to just maybe recharge our glasses, collect our thoughts a little bit before we set into the predictions? It's entirely up to you. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's re let's recharge. Just have a little think about what's to come. Make sure you've got that injury news settled in. And then let's come back in the blink of an eye. Listeners and viewers won't even realise it's happened. And we'll be right back with the predictions for Week 35's games. Recording in progress. Did you blink? Told you we'd be back. Here we are. Right. Settled. Ready. Let's have some predictions. So the first match on the uh, on the slate this this week for week thirty five is Middlesbrough at home to playoff contenders Norwich City. Um, Norwich not been going amazingly of of late, but then similarly Middlesbrough finally hit that patch where they've uh, they've lost the game, albeit to league leaders, and then drawn. Um, again, albeit away from home, what will the predictions throw up this week? Well, as I said, I do have the predictions of one Mr. Williams. So he will go last, even though he's not in the room, but it's still his team. Uh, bear in mind, gents, he is not in the room this week, so you do not have to give him a single solitary goal if you do not wish to do so. Uh, Andy, do you want to kick us off this week? Um, how is Middlesbrough Norwich going to turn out for you? Well, knowing that he wasn't going to be in the room, I was not going to give him a goal. Instead, I was going to give him two goals, 2-0 two to the Borough. And I am not making the same mistake more than once. Uh, Archer and Chuba to score those their goals. Okay. Lovely stuff. That is, that is noted down, good sir. So, Matt, how have you got this one? I've gone very similar to Mr. Cook. I've gone, Burroughs got two goals. He's also got Akpom and Archer, but Norwich are going to get one because, uh, you know, Middlesbrough like to concede a goal. And I've got Sargent for that goal. Okay. Uh, and it's Josh Sargent, I believe, isn't it? The, uh, the Afro Ginger guy from, from uh, memory. And also, they've got him accurately on FIFA. Um, So, myself and Mr Williams on a very similar page. However, I have gone 1-0 Akpom and Paul has gone 1-0 Archer. So we'll see how that turns out. So yeah, all of us fully on board the Archer slash Akpom. Well, Metro, I guess, if if they have have that as far out of Middlesbrough. Um, But yeah. That is, that is what we've gone for. Everybody's expecting a, a home win, just varying degrees, it seems. Um, so we move to Saturday night, a 7.45 kickoff on a Saturday night. Ewood Park, in front of the Sky Cameras, Blackburn Rovers versus Hull City. So Paul has given me his predictions, so he can jump straight in here. He has gone for a 1-1 draw. Now, with Paul's history of uh, picking Blackburn Rovers goal scorers, you'll be not surprised to hear that he has gone for Brereton. Not Brereton Diaz, 
just plain old Brereton to score for Blackburn and Traore to continue uh, and get his second for the club all being well on uh, Saturday evening so Paul's gone for 1-1 uh, Matt how are you uh, how are you scoring this one I've gone for the same score 1-1 one, one. and I've got Dolan and Tufan to score okay. as you noted in the book Mr Cook um, quite frankly, there must be something in the water, as I not only have 1-1, one, one, I've got Brereton to score for Blackburn, um, but as apparently Hull have got nobody available to score any goals, uh, Mr Logman is coming firmly out of retirement from scoring goals to get back in the goals. Part of me was convinced you were going to be like, Cal Barlow, he's done everything else for Hull for the last two weeks, so he can be in goal and he can score them. Uh, you lot are way too optimistic, so I've gone for a Blackburn 2-0 home win with Brereton and Smodix to score. Can't see us getting much, as Andy said, without a recognised striker on the pitch potentially. Um, yeah, not optimistic, especially not on sort of main event prime time on Sky. That never seems to end well for Hull. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully I will be wrong. Um, having Borough played actually on the Friday, Hull play on the Saturday, we move to Sunday. We've got the full weekend to our teams as uh, Forest a host to Manchester United. Um, again, as per podcast rules, it's Matt's team, so he will pick last. Andy, would you like to pick first this time? Obviously, I'll uh, I'll completely gloss over that. I should also be picking last, uh, and I will go with a one-one draw. Okay. Uh, but, Bristol last week, Man U this week. It's like you just want to pick last or something. I've got all the teams, Stu. You know that. <laughs> um, if I'm not picking Johnson, there's something wrong with the world. So Johnson, and um, I was reliably informed. That uh, that Rashford was out of the possibility to score, so scrambled to the website and went. I recognise any of these names, so I went with the first available name, to in the hope of actually finding someone who plays scores. Maybe I've gone with Marshall. Yeah, Anthony Martial. Yes. Okay, lovely. It's in the book. Yeah, the um... cool. Injury reports were saying that Rashford had gone off injured in that last game, um, and was, you know, not to pull the curtain back too much, but we're maybe a day ahead of schedule as per normal. Um, we're obviously not waiting for Paul to do his hair this week, so uh, we've, um, yeah, injury reports are saying it is un- unlikely that Rashford will play at the weekend, but we'll see. Um, I have unfortunately for that gone with a one-two. Uh, so I've got Gibbs White to score for the Forest, and I have Fernandez and Veghorst for Manchester United. Uh, Paul unfortunately cannot apologise either with his with him not being here, but he has made things worse by predicting a one-three. He does agree with Mr. Cook because he has got his Johnson out, and he has also got his Martial out. Uh, he's gone for Anthony. Confusingly, when he sent me the predictions, he sent it through as Anthony Martial, and I was like, "That's one guy," and then remembered that there is 
also Anthony for Manchester United. But even though he knew the rule, even though he knew the uh, injury report that we just discussed, Paul is wondering if Forrest are going to get coopered, and he has picked Rashford still to score. So he's snuck a, a filthy little uh, prediction in there just in case he does get back. We shall find out next week. Matt, that just leaves you to tell us. Um, is Andy optimistic? Are we pessimistic? What's what's the score? I've agreed with uh, Mr Williams. Okay. Um, and gone for a 3-1 Manchester United win. Okay, okay. Um, I've got a one year to score for Forrest. I'm hoping that finally they'll put a proper striker on the pitch as opposed to this faffing about with forwards. Like, you know, they're attacking players, but they're not really, they're not pressing the defenders. So hopefully he'll get on and maybe kind of just spark back into life. Um, and then I've gone Martial as well, Fernandez, and Eriksson. So we have got some uh, cross pollination across the um, predictions, but that last one, what was the last one again, Matt? But Martial, Eri- Fernandez, and Eriksson. Eriksson is a new name to the predictions. Okay. So that is three games locked and loaded. But, um, again, forgive me. Now, we've probably come to what could be described as the the podcast main event in terms of predictions. And, again, what a week for him to do a runner. Um, I mean, he he, he won't be running after what's happened to him. But, um, yeah, Middlesbrough at home to Hull City. So the week that he could be here gloating about how his third in the side, third in the league side are going to beat the 16th in the league side by 45 goals in 45 minutes. Um, but he's not here. He's not here to discuss it. But seeing as Borough are the home team, I will give his prediction last. Um, Andy, how have you got this? Have you actually gone for a winner? Firmly on the fence is what I'm interested in. Come on, Stu. There was absolutely no way I was going to upset not one but two members of the podcast this week. (laughs) So there was only one score that could possibly leave these lips, and that's a 1 1 draw. (laughs) Now, the problem I had was when I looked back over my predictions for this week, I predicted 1 1 in the last three games. So I was a bit like, "Eh." so I'd considered a a 2-2, or even a 0-0, but them's the breaks. Um, as, as is the way, I've gone with a different goal scorer to the previous Borough game, so I've gone with fours. Um, however, not being able to go with a different goal scorer for Hull, uh, Longwind's getting double duty this week. <laughs> well, he'd be better. I don't care if he scores all of the goals for just as long as it's not for Borough, clearly. Um, also, invoking the old boy rule in force, as well discussed between myself and Mr. Williams on the podcast, that Fours could not hit a cow's ass with a banjo when he played for Hull. However, he seems to have had it restrung by the time that he arrived on Teesside. So, um, Matt, how have you got this one? Uh, now, I'm going to 
upset you here. Um, I've gone for the fact that Hull, you, I mean, you'd make comments about them looking very much on their holidays beforehand. And I think, obviously, with the result from combining Sunderland and the middle and Millwall result, that is firmly safe now. So they're firmly looking at their kind of um, tickets to Charmel Shake or wherever kind of your your owner kind of own some nice resort or something like that. So I've gone for a two-one Borough win. Okay. And who have you got as the scorers? Akpom and Ramsey for Borough. Yep. And Syed Manesh for a uh, hole. Okay, I will be with you in one second. However, it will take me about a week to write his name in the book. There we go. Right, so I am even less optimistic than Matt. I have gone for a Middlesbrough 3-0 win to go with the 3-1 win that they, they took at the MKM earlier this season. Uh, I have gone little leaf out of Mr Cook's book the old boy rule so I've gone for force for one because to be honest he's not going to score more than one um, and I have got somebody else down to score more than one however an Akpom for two goals to make it 3-0 to Middlesbrough unfortunately as Matt rightly said the last couple of games have not not it's not mathematically safe but it's it's near as damn it now um, and without a lack of uh, strikers in the side. It's it's looking it's looking unlikely that we're going to be particularly goal heavy, um, especially as we seem to have used up our quota just in a draw with Sunderland. Um, Paul also believes that his home side are going to take a win. He has gone for a two nil Middlesbrough win and has also gone Akpom and Force, but just one each. Um, so it's not looking good for Hull in the old predictions, apart from Mr Cooks. I would absolutely take that right now. Um, and again, it's another set of predictions where I'm entirely hoping I am wrong. But only time will tell. Um, so that's it. That is, that is last week's results, the bumper edition of results from Easter weekend. And just the you know four games from this week, not too shabby in and of itself. So... Um, has anybody got anything else they wanted to talk about on the football this week? No, I don't believe so. I think well, we've kind of touched on it through the year. Obviously, the kind of National League and the interest in Wrexham and stuff like that. But obviously, Wrexham and Notts County played Easter Monday. Um, Wrexham winning 3-2. I think, what is it, they're both on... I think Wrexham are on 103 points now, Notts County on 100 points. And I think, you know, obviously the game was a really good advert for non-league football. Um, I think the kind of interesting thing is, you know, obviously, huh, what a surprise. Ryan Reynolds ingratiates himself to people because he is vastly becoming like the most popular man on the planet kind of thing, taking the mantle from the Dwayne. Um and, uh, you know, obviously kind of came up with it. There was a post-match interview where it was like, this is ridiculous that one of us has got to go into the playoffs at the end of this after getting 100 points. And I don't know how far away they are from the team below, but I, I suspect it's a good chunk. Um, 
try and well, get it up quickly. But I just no. thought it was kind of like the the whole kind of rhetoric of of the kind of that game. So yeah, they're twenty four points ahead of Woking, who are in third. That and that's Notts County, which you know in a in a league like that, that's quite stunning that both clubs are over twenty points ahead of the third place team. And as well, just um, the other, the other ace up their sleeve that Wrexham have is not only did they end up winning that game, which was absolutely bonkers. Uh, I think they were one up, then two one behind, and then ended up winning three two, and then had um, they they saved a penalty which would have uh, caused the draw in like there's something like the ninety sixth minute or something. Uh, so that was nuts. But yeah, the other the other ace they have up their sleeve is the fact that they still even on one hundred and three points have a game in hand over second place as well, which is just, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I know, obviously, they can't just change the rules for one season to let both of them go up, but I don't think there'd be that many people, unless you're a working fan, uh, be that disappointed about it. Um, it's just, it's incredible. Absolutely I mean, incredible. If, Cal- if County win their last three games, which I think they've got left, they'll end up on 109 points. 109 points and still not get promoted. Guarant- not have promotion guaranteed, which is just outstanding. You know, obviously, realistically, um, Wrexham could end up with 115 points for the season, which, considering their wage bill and what they've spent, fair enough that maybe they should get to that amount of points, but also, it's it's quite an outstanding achievement, kind of, when, it, when you look at it. Um, whilst we're on National League, uh, briefly as well, a uh, little mention, unfortunately, for Scunthorpe, um, Hull's local rival, once great local rival, uh, now not so much. Two relegations confirmed in two seasons uh, as they went down to the National League last year and have then again been relegated this year, which was confirmed at the weekend. So they, they will be going down into National League North now, I believe, to uh, play such uh, local derbies as Scarborough. Um, uh, and against the uh, Paul, Paul's favourite third team, Darlington, if they uh, they don't make the playoffs this year as well. So, a um, little bit of interest in that. I was also just going to give a brief mention to the uh, the England ladies again. I know we touched on that in the summer, so it was a little while since we talked about them. Um, but they got to play in the first ever final this summer, I think is, was the uh, pronunciation. So, as they won the uh, Euros. They played against the winners of the Copa America, which was uh, Brazil at Wembley. Uh, went 1-0 up, as seems to be the way this week in football. Um, letting a, a equaliser in the 93rd minute or something like that, and the game went straight to penalties. Um, they did end up winning a penalty shootout, and it was the first penalty shootout that the England women have, have actually won. So, um, very interesting game to watch, and... Again, one with a crackers finish, but yeah, more more silverware for the England women. Uh, but that is it. That is all I had this week. And if that's it from you guys, then that just leaves me to say thank you very much for joining us. Uh, next week, normal service, we presume, will be resumed. Um, let us know how you feel about that in the comments, obviously, and uh, uh, wish it, wish him all the best with his, uh, it, you know, with what happened to him at the weekend, because I'm, I'm I'm sure they'll pretty he'll appreciate your wishes. And uh, I'll let him drop the news next week. Right, cheers, guys, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye.
So there you go. What do you think to that? Fingers crossed Paul's doing well. And he'll be back next week. And if not, maybe we'll we'll do the same again. Who knows? Big thank you for listening. Big thank you for watching. If you're still here at this point in time and you haven't clicked the subscribe button, I think we both know what you need to do. That's right. Like, share, subscribe, comment, leave us a review. You can check out the website. It's thecookiecast.com. There you can find social media links and an email button. That way you can get in touch with us in whichever is your preferred method. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.